ask you a question this morning. How many of you are hungry? It's okay if you mean physical or spiritual because I didn't have breakfast. I'm hungry. I mean, there's a, there's a thing called hangry. I, some of y'all know it very well. Praise God. My, my, my oldest daughter, uh, Lizzie, who is with my first grandchild in her belly right now, by the way. If y'all didn't know that, I'm going to be a papa. Um, she was the queen of hangry. I'll I, I never forget the times when she was a little girl sitting in the back seat, and it would start with, Daddy, Daddy, when, when are we going to eat? Are we going to McDonald's? Yes, baby, we're going to eat. Okay, okay, Daddy, so sweet. It would be just a couple minutes later. Daddy, I'm, I'm, I'm really hungry. So, so is it close? Is it close? Uh, yes, baby, we're, we're going to get something. We'll get down to the next exit. Then it went to her voice changed. It was almost, almost like something took over her body, and she, she went into a male voice at times. And it would start growling like a devil or something. She would say, oh, Daddy, I'm hungry. I'm really hungry. And then finally, I'm telling the truth. She would say, you don't understand. Am I right, Sandy? I'm just like, you don't understand, Daddy. I look in the mirror. She goes, I'm hurting. I'm hurting, Dad. I need food. Oh, we used to laugh so hard at that. It is true, though. And then we, and when she would finally sit down and start eating, it was, Lord, I wish I'd had good smartphone cameras back in those days because this is the way she would eat. She would just get lost. I mean, we'd all be talking, and she, she wasn't even in the room. She'd just be like. I'm going to tell you, when you get hungry, when you're really hungry, you'll get desperate. When you really get hungry, sometimes your personality will change. I'm telling you, when you're starving, though, it's the difference between being hungry and starving. When you're starving, you'll do things to get food that you would never do. There are people who are starving that dig into dumpsters and eat from dumpsters. They'll, they'll eat what a dog leaves, o- leaves over, leaves, leaves there. He'll go get it and eat it because they know if I don't got something inside of me, I'm going to die. Hunger is a strong thing that happens in our body. But the Bible says he takes the, the physical to teach us spiritual principles. If we can be hungry in the natural, then there definitely we can be hungry in the spiritual. One scripture says, David says, as the deer panteth, thirsty and hungry. Both of them is what I'm talking about. As the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. I'm telling you, he's running, he's running, he's running. He, he's, he's, he's already so tired he can't stand up, but he ain't stopping until he gets to the brook, to the creek. Because he knows he needs water. He needs sustenance. When you're dying of hunger, hunger, you will do what you got to do to eat. I'm going to tell you something right now. Can I be playing with you this morning? We got a bunch of fat, spoiled babies in the American church. We're so full. We eat so good. You know, one of the things that drives me insane, when people get in rebellion, I'm going to be real with y'all this morning. I ain't preaching next week, so I'm going to get it all out today. People get in rebellion and leave a church. But now I'm not saying it's always in rebellion. Sometimes people leave a church because they're angry against the leadership or somebody hurt their feelings in the church. And one of the first things they'll say is, well, you know what? I just didn't feel like I was getting fed anymore. (laughs) 
I'm telling you, the deadest, driest, cracker juice church in America is still feeding you better than most places that you'll ever get on your own. Huh? You're well fed. Here's your problem. You're spoiled because the meal got changed on you to something a little healthier, but you still want your sugar. Are y'all hearing me? Slap your neighbor and tell him he's preaching good on that new stage. I'm going to tell you something. Matthew chapter 5 verse 6 says this. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Let me tell you, if you leave a church because you ain't being fed anymore, it ain't, even if the preacher ain't even preaching, even if he's dead, dried up, and don't even give you any kind of meat to eat, it ain't the preacher's uh, fault if you're hungry. You're supposed to be feeding yourself. If, if the only feeding you're getting is when you come for 30 to 45 minutes, maybe an hour on a Sunday morning, is it any wonder you're starving to death all the time? Listen, if you want to try to lose weight, and I have, I've got experience because I've got 51 years of experience of gaining weight, losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight. So I know about diets. Let me tell you something. If somebody called me up and Brother Jim and Kathy said, hey, let's, let's go out to eat tonight. Let's go down to the new buffet. They got steak on the buffet. Ooh, as soon as I said it, I felt the Holy Ghost. They, they got ribs on the buffet. <laughs> yeah, well, I said they got ribs. But here's what will happen. If I know that and I've heard how good that buffet is, I will skip lunch to make room. Because if I'm going in that buffet, I'm going in that bu buffet hungry. I'm not talking about hungry. I'd like to sit down and have a nice meal and discuss things in life. No, no, you don't go to a buffet to discuss things in life. You go to a buffet to gorge yourself. You get your money's worth, honey. But watch this. If I'm trying to lose weight and I'm really trying to do it right, you know what I do? I eat lunch. And then if I'm going to be responsible, I eat a snack or something right before I go to the buffet so that I can still go and eat and still enjoy the fellowship, but the focus is not on my belly. Mm. The focus is on the communication and the fellowship. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. See, some of y'all can't even get, you can't even do life. Some of y'all can't even receive what it feels like to be a part of the SRC family because this is, it's like you've been starved to death all week long and all you can think about is coming in here and feeding you, yourself and you can't enjoy the experience because you are dying. Am I preaching right? So don't blame the preacher if you ain't fed well. It's your fault. Eat you something in the morning before you get to church spiritually. So when you get here, you know that little sermon I do about the cake, guess who's coming to dinner? So when you get here, you won't devour the cake. You'll just take you a little slice and you'll take the rest of it and make sure it is served to the people who don't know Jesus, served to the people who need a relationship with God. Set it for yourself. So by the way, I'm preaching on fasting. This is us, we fast. Huh? Not that we fast. We might be fast like that too, but I'm talking about fasting. 
See, fasting is a spiritual principle, but it's tied to the physical. It, it, it is spiritually rewarding, but it must be done in the physical. Hmm? See, the first thing on your notes is this. The discipline, and now you ain't like that word. The discipline of fasting releases the anointing, the favor and the blessings of God in the life of a Christian. The discipline. The discipline. Somebody say discipline. We don't like discipline, but discipline is necessary. And the Bible says, even says this, whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. He, you know, kids don't like this verse. It says, spare the rod, spoil the child. We didn't like that one when mama quoted that one. But in other words, the child's going to be spoiled. He's going to make, make, it think, make himself think the rest of his life that the whole world is here to serve them. We call them down in the south, spoiled little brats. Let me tell you something about fasting, though. This is not in your notes. You might want to write it down. But the first companion or side always comes with fasting is always prayer. So, see, you can't just not eat, and that's fasting. Because not eating or fasting, whatever you are fasting, is a discipline that you do in the natural, but it is nothing unless you tie it to the spiritual. Do you understand that prayer is a spiritual thing that comes out of the natural? It comes out of your mouth. It comes out of your innermost being. But when you speak and you talk to God, it becomes a spiritual thing, right? It makes no sense in the natural. It has to be spiritual. It makes no sense that I can talk out into the air from my heart and it leaves my mouth and goes into the air. And a God that I cannot see who is everywhere not only hears my prayers, but my words literally can get transformed from a natural thing and a sound that comes out of my mouth. And it gets supernaturally transformed and turns into a spiritual principle. And you'll talk about fast. It completely, immediately goes to the throne of God. And Jesus hears my prayer and takes my petition. The Bible even says our tears and our prayers are stored in heaven. So when we pray, it makes it to heaven. When we pray according to his will. So what is fasting? You know, there's a lot of misconceptions about fasting, but I want to clarify a few things about fasting. Biblical fasting, the best thing for me to sometimes explain things is to tell you what they are not. Fasting is not merely going without food for a period of time. That is called a diet. Amen. You ever notice that if you just drop the T, it's the word die? How many of you ever been on a diet and felt like you were dying? That's dining. Maybe even starving. You might even want to call it that. But it is not fasting. Because let me say, well, I've been fasting, I've been fasting breakfast every day for the Lord. Well, if all you mean by that is you got up and took a shower and you watched the morning news and you did your ritual, but you didn't have your biscuit, and you drove on to work and went to work, you did not fast. You did not fast. That is not what fasting is. Nor is fasting something done by religious fanatics. The practice of fasting is not limited to preachers or to special occasions. It should be a part of the believer's life. 
that is not just done when the pastor calls a fast in the church. God needs you to understand the power of fasting. Here's a simple definition of biblical fasting. The next thing on your notes. Biblical fasting is refraining from food for a spiritual purpose. Refraining from food, biblical, we're talking about biblical fasting, for a spiritual purpose. You with me, church? Fasting has always been a part of spiritual life. David was a man after God's own heart, but yet he was a man that knew the power of fasting. In fact, it is believed that he was fasting when he wrote the famous words of Psalm 42, 1 and 3. I quoted them earlier. As the, tear, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, the living God. When, when shall I come and appear before my God? My tears have been my food day and night. Will they continually say to me, where is your God? Let me tell you something. It crucifies the flesh and the flesh hates it. You, 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 let me tell you something, just because fasting is such a powerful spiritual principle, if you ain't never fasted, you don't know what I'm talking about. Fasting will make you ill as a hornet. That's what my mama used to say, you're ill as a hornet. It'll make you mean sometimes. You think it makes you holy and acceptable unto God. That's what it's trying to do. But sometimes it will make you mean. You won't want to be around sometimes people with faith. Why? Because stuff is getting burned out of them that they don't like. They don't want to let go of. Mm. David said, I'm thirsty, I'm hungry. My tears have been my food day and night. My tears have been my food day and night. I ain't eating steak. I'm thanking Jesus for it. I'm refraining from steak, and I, but I'm still eating. Huh? Saying in my notes, but you remember that time when... when uh, the disciples came to Jesus. They said, Jesus, you had eight days. You, 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 we understand what happens when you don't eat because we get weak. You're human. You had eight days. Jesus said something powerful. Jesus said, I got food you don't even know about. Huh? If somebody would have said that right then, in this day and time, they'd be like, oh, he got a protein bar in his pocket. Huh? Yeah, I got food y'all don't know about. I got a cliff bar. You know? That ain't what he was saying. He got air food y'all don't know nothing about. They're like, what do you mean? He said, my food, my sustenance is to do what my father sent me to do. <laughs> my God, when I do what God told me to do, I, it feeds me. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. See, in the famous uh, Sermon on the Mount, or the Beatitudes, Jesus outlines a very few important aspects of the Christian life. He taught his disciples many core principles of the believer that brought power into his own life. And he wanted them to walk in it as well. How many, knows, how many times did you, have you ever heard me talk about this and you've read it and you've heard it? Jesus said to his disciples, everything you see me do, you shall do also and greater shall you do if I go to my Father. You know what happens when we read that? Am I preaching good this morning? I'm doing a little teach preaching today. I'm trying to get us ready for what's coming. Oh, you know why we're preaching on fasting today? Let me go ahead and spill the bean. Today is 21 days from Easter. 21 days. How many got a text from me this morning? What the world's wrong with the rest of you? Why ain't you on the text service? Who are these people that's on there? We got 400-something people on the tech service. They need to come to church. 
If you ain't on the text service, text the word SRC family, one word, no spaces, SRC family to 97000. And get on there. Because starting this morning and for the next 20 days, for 21 days, you're gonna, when you get up and get ready for work in the morning, now some of y'all get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, you ain't getting it then. It's going to be about 7 o'clock when it comes through, and you might be already at work when you get it. But every morning, for the next 20 days, you're going to get a text from me, what God has laid on my heart, a focus, a scripture, and something to pray about, oh, y'all ain't liking this, while you're fasting. Hey! Some of y'all thinking about cheeseburgers already. Don't get scared. It's going to be all right. Just hear me out to the end. You'll like it. Next thing on your notes is this. Oh, by, by the way, I got distracted. What happens, that's never happened in the history of my ministry. What, what happens is when you read that scripture, it says, these things shall you do and greater shall you do and go to my Father. You know what we automatically think? Miracles. We preach that. And it's okay to believe that because that's true. In other words, Jesus would say, if the blinded eyes are open for me, they'll open for you. It's all right. But what we don't get or we intentionally or sometimes even subconsciously not even aware of it, that we shun of what that means is, is it also means that Jesus was not just saying, all these great things that you see me doing, you have the capability to do them also. He's saying, whatever I do, you are supposed to do. If you want what I can do, you got to do what I do. Huh? Are you hearing me? In other words, if you want to see these kind of miracles, you got to get apart and pray like I do. If you want to see this happen, Jesus fasted. Jesus prayed. Jesus went to the temple for 30 years, and even in his ministry, he still tried to do it. They tried to stop him doing it. He studied. Think about the depth of this. His own words. He had people to teach him and break down. Think about this. He had human beings in the temple as a boy and a young man breaking down to him what he meant. Don't you know he could have stood up and said, man, that sounded really good, but you are way off. How do I know? I'm the one that wrote it. I'm the one that spoke it. But you know what? He disciplined himself to sit there and be taught. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. So he said, what I do, you need to do if you want to do what I do. So, the next thing you notice is this. He illustrated on the, on, in the Beatitudes that the three duties of every believer and every Christian are giving, praying, and fasting. Every believer is supposed to be active in these three areas. They're supposed to be a giver. Mm, I just stepped on some people's toes right now. They're supposed to be a prayer. Stepped on some more. Probably the same ones. 
and fasting. Ooh, how does it feel? I'm not trying to beat you up, but how does it feel if I just stepped on you with all three of them? If you just realize that you are not actively involved in either of the three, but yet you go to church, you listen to Christian music, you watch Christian movies, and you got Christian t-shirts. Am I preaching right this morning? Listen to this stage. I love this stage, man. Woo! You do all the stuff. But you're not actively a giver. You're not faithful in your tithing and giving. Some of you walked across that, that floor, looked at this stage, and overwhelmed by the beauty, stood and gave a standing ovation to those that worked but has not made one single financial commitment to make sure that we had to do this, that we're going to do this debt-free. Not one. You've not made one single financial I'm not trying to beat you up. But I'm just trying to hone you in so you can look at yourself. It's time to look at yourself and evaluate yourself. Am I really all in? You don't have to give. I'm not saying nobody has to give. But I'm talking about what God says my perfect will for you as a believer, going forward, hands up, bands up, is this. Be a giver. Believe in the power of prayer and fast when God puts it on your heart to fast. Jesus said these words, when you give. How many of those, that's an expectation. He says, these, I'm quoting many, many parables. I'm just pulling these three things out. He says to the believers, when you give, dot, dot, dot. Other things come after that. In other places he said, when you pray. Another place he said, when you fast. So if he says, when you give, when you pray, when you fast, he expects that as a believer, we would know that these are things we're supposed to be doing. Jesus made it clear that fasting like giving and praying was a normal part of the Christian's life. But much attention is given giving to prayer. Much attention is given, sometimes not so much, to giving. But very little attention is given to fasting. But watch this. I know this is not exactly what it's talking about, but we're talking about three things. How many of those God works in the number three? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit, soul, and body. Praying, fasting, giving. He says in Ecclesiastes 3.12, a threefold cord is not quickly or easily broken. So that applies in many aspects of life. Right? So, in other words, if you are a believer and you are a giver, you are a prayer, and you are a faster. Can I tell you something? If, you have, if you're actively involved in those three areas of your life, nothing that happens in the world is going to be able to pull you apart. Am I preaching right? See, Matthew chapter 17 is a very famous story of a boy and a father. A man brings his young son to Jesus. He says to his son, he says to Jesus, my son suffers from seizure-like activities. He will shake violently. And while we're praying for him and trying to hold him down, he will just throw him. It's almost as if something throws him into the fire to burn himself and torture himself. He's got scars all over his body. We're standing on the edge of the Mediterranean Sea. You're going to throw him into the water and try to hold him under the water and drown him and kill him. He's demonically attacked and possessed. 
He says something very powerful. He says to Jesus, I want you to know that I didn't want to bother you first. Because I know you are very busy and everybody wants to talk to you. And I understand our authority. These are my words that I'm adding. But when you read it in context, you'll see. Because this is what he actually says. I've taken my son to your disciples, but they could not cure him. I've taken my son to your disciples who I have seen do miracles. So I figured I don't need to bother him. There's so many people getting around. I'm going to talk to Peter. I'm going to talk to John. Are you hearing me? So he goes to all the disciples and he says, but none of them could get him delivered. Whoo, are y'all hearing me? This is powerful. The Bible says, then Jesus said to the father, bring him to me. Oh, y'all ain't getting where I'm going because y'all, y'all think y'all think y'all know where I'm going, but y'all don't know where I'm going. Bring him to me. Because in the modern church, we say, well, of course. He's Jesus. The disciples were anointed him beside him and had the mantle of Jesus on, but they ain't Jesus. Sometimes you just got to go to Jesus. I know you think that's what I'm preaching. But watch this. He said, bring it to me. Now watch how it happened. Jesus rebuked the devil in the boy, and the boy was immediately delivered. I mean immediately. It wasn't a process. He didn't have a conversation with him. He had another whole sprinkle of holy water on him. Stick a cross. That would have been silly because nobody even knew he was going to die on the cross yet. But I mean, whatever. He was delivered immediately. Somebody say immediately. immediately. Now, watch what happened. Immediately, not only was he healed, but immediately the disciples were troubled. Almost. I tend to read it almost feelings hurt. Well, I guess we're not who we thought we were. Hmm. Well, I guess I'm not worthy. You know what? I ain't what I thought I was. I think I just need to, I just need to leave this church. I need to resign from the, from the ministry team, from the discipleship team, because, uh, you know, obviously I'm not, where, I'm not with God where I thought I was supposed to be. See, first sign, a little, first sign of a little disappointment or failure come your way, leaders, you don't quit. You do what the disciples did. That evening, sitting around the fire, because they knew not to bother him while he was ministering, but that evening, they came to Jesus and they asked him, and I quote, what did we do wrong? Why couldn't we cast out the devils? They genuinely wanted to know. Because there's a lot of devils in Jerusalem, and Jesus, we don't, wanna, we, don't want to, 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 we don't want you to think that we got to bring them all to you. You said we have the power to cast out devils. So we want, we want to know what we did wrong. Remember what Jesus said? If you want to do what I do, you got to do what I do. Are you hearing me? Listen to what he responded to them. Matthew 17, 20 through 21. Jesus said to the disciples, because of your unbelief, For surely I say to you, if you have faith of a grain of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to here, and it will move. Stop. Take it off the screen. Take it off the screen. Because here's where we stop in that scripture. 
We pray and we speak, well, the Word of God said, if I got faith of a mustard seed. Some of y'all wearing mustard seeds around your neck right now. You got little necklaces with little mustard seeds on. You got pictures of mustard seeds all over the house. All I got to have is faith of that little tiny mustard seed, and I can speak to the mountain, and the mountain will remove. Wait a minute. We're talking about the same passage, not different places in the Bible, right after it. Now let's put it back on the screen. If you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to the mountain, move from here to here, and it will move. And nothing, somebody shout nothing, nothing nothing will be impossible for you. However, I got however capitalized big on my notes. However, I'm talking about just about everything that you'll ever run into in your life. If you're serving me and you got faith, you can speak with your faith and your faith will be enough to move that mountain and nothing will be impossible to you. However, it almost sounds like a contradiction, but it's not. This kind, he didn't just say demons. He said this was a big devil. This was a murdering devil trying to kill this boy. However, this kind does not go out except by, say it with me out loud, prayer and fasting. Notice a lot of people quote it, this comes out by fasting. You'll hear preachers say, sometimes you got to fast to face the devils that you fast. But wait a minute, remember I told you, the companion that you'll always find with true biblical fasting is prayer. Many of all the others come out by prayer. But this one, oh, I ain't got time to preach this. In other words, the power of my prayers, it's still my prayer life. It's still my words. Nothing changed. I rebuke the devil just like I could rebuke any devil. But the power behind my words when I rebuke the devil did not come on me at that moment. It came on me at that moment as a result of something that I had already done in the past. Y'all ain't hearing me. You can't face a devil on this level and start fasting when you look at him. Oh, that's a big one. I, I'm skipping lunch today. <laughs> Woo, that's a big one. I want you to know right now, Lord, right now, before I go any further, I was going to have a Big Mac, but now I'm not. I rebuke you, devil. It don't work that way. What you do, that's why Jesus said, in the famous scripture, he's talking about praying loud prayers and being the way the priests do. He said, when you pray, go in your closet. You ever heard that? Get in your prayer closet. You ever heard of a prayer closet? You ever seen the movie Prayer Room? Awesome movie. I mean, War Room. Awesome movie. Awesome movie. That's an inside joke. Inside joke. War Room. She had that War Room prayer room in there. You ain't got to have one like that. But it just means seclusion. It actually really meant the prayer shawl. The closed prayer shawl was what was called the prayer cloth. It says, when you're in that prayer shawl, pray. Why? Because you're not doing it to be seen. You're talking to God. And he said, watch what he says. When you go in your prayer closet, pray in your closet. And and I love this. Jesus said, and the God who sees in secret will reward you openly. Oh, you didn't hear me. I got to say that again. Man, I love this stage, man. 
I love that. I feel close to y'all over there. Can y'all feel me over there? Can y'all feel me? 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 Can y'all feel me over there? Woo! I'm gonna stand over here by the lion of the tribe of Judah. The God that sees in secret rewards you openly. See, the devil had to bow to Jesus by his spoken word. Obviously, I know it's Jesus. Remember, but everything he did, he did as man, not as Jesus. He did it as man, who was God. Not as God, who happens to be a man. Because everything he did while he was here, if he did one thing while he was here as God, except for die on the cross and come back from the dead, anything after the virgin birth and after uh, the and between that and the crucifixion and the resurrection, everything in the middle had to be God operating 100% as a man who was anointed by his own spirit. Because if not, then how are we going to know what part of Scripture we can emulate and, and, and desire to have in our life and what part could not be available to us because he's God and we're not? So everything that he operated in, every anointed that he operated in, he operated in as a man who has done what he's supposed to do. So when that devil, oh, come on, y'all. When that devil went immediately, it was a result of what he had already done. He had already been fasting. He had already been praying. He had already been talking to the Father. It's mm, good preaching. See, I want to ask you a simple question because I got a simple mind. Sometimes I have to make things simple for me to get it. If Jesus fasted, if Jesus said, hey, y'all, the reason this is happening is because I've fasted and prayed, then what in the world are you thinking? thinking that you don't need to. Oh, you got, you're a man of God. Uh-huh. You got a mantle of the glory on you. Oh, my. Sometimes when I walk in, I'm under such anointing, people start staggering around me. because They can't even hardly stand up the glory of God so strong on me. You ain't Jesus. You ain't Jesus. Slap your name and tell me you ain't Jesus. If Jesus could have accomplished, listen to me, as a man, anointed by his own spirit, without fasting, then why would he fast? God is not the author of confusion. The Son of God fasted because he knew there were supernatural things that could only be released that way. Why? Because fasting crucifies the flesh. Do you understand that you are a three-part being? You have a body, you possess a soul, mind, emotions, intellect, and you have a spirit man that is the true you. This, if y'all can see my spirit man, he is buff, y'all. I'm talking about my spirit man. Woo! You're talking about a six-pack, baby. You're talking about some abs? I ain't never had abs in my life, but my spirit man got some abs, y'all. Yeah, that's good. My abs are, the only abs I got is absent. That was good. That was good, Jim. That was good. I steal that one from you. That was good. You check out those absent abs. But, but the spirit man and the soul, the mind, the emotion, the intellect, and the body, the three parts, that is who we are. And we're in a war. 
Because the flesh is sin cursed. This war, I've said it many times, if you could split Larry Ragman up and put him three different, my three different versions of me right here on the stage, and you had the body right here, you had my mind, my soul, my emotions, intellect here, and you had my spirit man here, and you were able to have a conversation with all three parts of me. This is how the conversation would go. If you went to my body, stand right here, and you said, Mr. Body of Larry, do you believe that God can heal uh, of a, any disease? Do you believe God is able to do a miracle? Your, your flesh would say immediately, without hesitation, are you kidding me? That's a fable. It's all made up. Don't you understand? We evolved. All this kind of, it don't make sense. It's not logical. There's no such thing as healing. That's stupid. You're an idiot. It's a nursery rhyme. You go to your spirit man of the believer, the born-again believer, the child of God, who has the spirit of God in him. Do you believe, Mr. Spirit of Larry Rag, do you believe that God can heal? Whoa, what, what kind of question is that? Do you not remember that he said it is finished? Do you not remember that on the third day Jesus came back from the dead? I was the one that brought him back from the dead. Now I'm inside of you. Don't you remember the word of God said the same spirit that raised his mortal body shall also quicken your bodies? I mean, my God, why are you even asking if God is able, if he's capable? He's off. He's the alpha in your man. He'll, he'll never stop talking. You just got to move on if you got to my soul my mind my emotions my intellect my processing and you ask that same part of me mr soul of larry do you believe that god can heal and do miracles this is what your mind would say i don't know you tell me because he's right in the middle of the, of the one that never believes god and the one that always believes god that's why he says don't be conformed your mind to the world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Are you hearing me? Garbage in, garbage out. The power of fasting is that you shut this one up. You tell him to shut up. You tell him to sit down. Are you hearing me? You tell him you are not going to be led by him today. Next thing in your notes is this, and, and you might not understand this, but some people think that fasting is only for holy people. Fasting is for everyone. That's your own note, your notes. Fasting is for everyone. Fasting is for everyone. You ever seen that movie? Um, I can't even remember the name of it. What, what the guy where goes, get in my belly. <laughs> huh? Austin Powers. That big old guy, he's just like, he look at people, he want to eat people. He want to eat everything. He, I don't know what y'all think. I just say this, get in my belly. So when I preach on fasting, I just for a second, I can't stop seeing this guy. And there's another movie. You remember that movie? Younger folks don't even know what this is probably. Little Shop of Horrors. You ever seen that movie? We got the big, the, feed me, feed me. Got that big old plant, feed me. Every time, I, every time I look at that see that movie, I said, there's Lizzie. I think about how Lizzie was when she was a kid. Just, just like it. We used to say that. We'd, we'd always play the movie and we'd say, Lizzie, this is how you look in the back seat. Feed me. You ever seen those Snickers commercials? Where they're all, they're a totally different person and people are like, dude, dude, eat this now. Hurry. And they're like, what are you talking about? And they go back. They're like, you're not yourself when you're hangry. And all of a sudden, they eat the Snickers, and they're just like, chill. Why? Because the body will rebel against you. It will make you think you are dying. You ever tried to stop drinking caffeine? If you're addicted to caffeine, and by the time you get to work and lunch comes around, you're like, don't talk to me. I got a migraine. 
You're popping Tylenols. Your body is screaming. And you're saying to yourself, I just need some coffee. Are you hearing me? In other words, here's what happens. The, the center of everything that's your body, I don't want to get gross on you, is your gut. It dictates everything. I understand that it, it's not what sustains life uh, ultimately. Your heart's got to beat. Your heart stops beating, you're dead, right? Other different organs shut down, you're on your way to death or you're dead. But the way we keep this body alive, the way all those organs get all of their nutrients and strength comes from what we put in our mouth, whether we drink it or eat it. And our bodies are amazing creation by God. They're able in that gut to break down, even if it's good or bad, pull out certain things, send them in certain directions all through your body. Is that not crazy when you think about it? It is literally one of the most amazing things. But... One of the things I learned in my multiple, many attempts to lose weight over my life, and still learning, is that there is a direct connection between the stomach and the brain. And the, the doctors say, it's different for everybody, but the average time is 18, at least 18 minutes. Most of the time, 22 to 25 minutes. That's how long it takes for your brain to get the signal from your stomach that you are full. So, so let's just go ahead and make it easy. Let's say 30 minutes. So it takes 25 to 30 minutes for your brain to get the signal to tell the rest of your body you're full. To where you get the feeling of, I've got everything I need. Don't shove anything else in. That's a long time. Because if you eat like me, most of the time, I'm done in like 10 minutes. Sometimes less than that. I am not sitting there shooting. Now, some of y'all are some of the slowest eaters I've ever known to man. I've, I've ate with some of y'all. I'm, I'm talking about I'm done. I've already had my dessert. I've, I've, got a, I've asked for a to-go box. And you are still sawing on that steak and still eating. And you still got a full potato there. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't want to be rude, but I got somewhere to be. <laughs> you need to hurry. But what's this? What I'm trying to tell you is this. You're, you can't trust your stomach. Because your stomach will tell you you're hungry when you're not hungry. You haven't given your mind the time to process. That's why they say it's very difficult to do, especially for overweight people, because this is how we've always ate. This is what the doctors will say, and my, it just blows my mind of people that can't actually do this. Cut, eat, then put the utensils down and talk. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? I'm not at this table to talk. But they say if you'll do that, Next thing you know, 20 to 25 minutes into a conversation, you will have a feeling that you have been sustained and you will look down at your plate and you will be shocked that you didn't finish your plate because you gave your mind time enough to process the signal. Are you hearing me? 
So when you shut down the belly and you tell the belly, he's saying, feed me, get in my belly, put that ice cream cone in my belly. You deserve it. You've been so good. You deserve this. You and I both know you deserve this. That's what your stomach can tell you. You know how silly is it? I know I'm running out of time, but how silly is it? We try to lose weight. We get on the scales. We lose five pounds. And the way we celebrate, <laughs> can I just, this is like the way we celebrate that we lost five pounds if we go eat a pizza. And we're just like, oh, look, it's just, it's, just, it's just my cheat day. It's just my cheat day. I'm just celebrating one day and I'm back on the wagon tomorrow. And then we get so mad. Then we get back on the scale the next day and you'd be like, you stupid idiot. You stupid. You stupid. You're so stupid, Larry. Why did you do that? You're so stupid. Because we allowed our brain to listen to our stomach. That's why he says your brain, your mind, your emotion, your intellect. I know that's, your brain is not what I'm talking about. The soul is different than the brain. But the mind has got to be renewed. It's got to hear from God instead of from the natural. That's why they tell you to take a probiotic. They want, that's why they want to tell you. I'm going to tell you something. The truth is, man. If you got problems with your bowel movements, you got problems with your whole body. A lot of times they can find things that's going on with you, pains, all this kind of stuff is in your digestive system. Okay, let's just be real, okay? You ever had one of them that was just, wow. You, you came out and you was just like, what happened? Let's just be real. But you feel so good. Can I get an Amen. Look, you hear anything in solid rock. You feel like, my God, I have been cleansed. Somebody say, this is us. We are cleansed. See, it's like a dictator within. So the next sticker in your notes is this. you got to choose to dethrone the dictator within. That's what fasting does. It dethrones. It's on your notes. To dethrone the dictator within. You're not. When you're fasting, you don't listen to the feed me voice of the natural. You listen to the feed me voice of the spiritual. You hear the Lord say, here, eat. You hear the Lord say, eat. Here, here's a meal for you. Here's going to give you something that's going to be able, when you face that devil, you could tell that devil to go. I'm not trying to be funny here when I say this, but a cheeseburger ain't going to do it for you. Uh, 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 even if you eat right in a salad and you're eating good, that's not going to get you spiritually in shape. Well, some people say, well, it's just not a good time right now. Super Bowl's coming. It's just not a good time right now. It's football season. I feel you, man. I feel you. I've asked God before, please never call a fast during the football season, God. Please. Unless it's a six-day fast and it breaks on the Saturday. <laughs> the next thing on your notes is this. You'll, you, go, you will have to choose. I mean, excuse me. The next thing on your notes is God knows that there's never a convenient time to fast. How many of us, we can always make an excuse. Somebody's getting married. There's a dinner coming up. I've got guests coming over. Always there's something happening. Am I preaching good? So here's the bottom line is, are you breathing? Are you alive? 
Are you ready to go to the next level? Then be prepared that God may be calling you to a fast. Because some of the things that needs to come out of you, listen to me, not out of the ones you're praying for, but out of you will only come out with prayer and fasting. So some of you are trying to pray for others when you got junk that needs to get out of you. Some of y'all need to burn some stuff out of you and it's going to come as you dethrone the dictator within. Fasting is all through the Bible. It was during a 40-day fast that Moses received the Ten Commandments. When Haman ordered the annihilation and plunder of all Jews, Esther called for all the Jews of their city to join her in a three-day fast from all food and water. As a result, the Jews were spared. Haman's vile plan was exposed, and he was hanged on the very gallows that he had built. Hannah, greatly distressed over not being able to bear a child, wept bitter and did not eat and fasted and cried out to God. God heard her plea in her fasting, and the prophet Samuel was soon born. Judah, Ezra, the people of Nineveh, Nehemiah, David, Anna, all were among those who fasted in the Word of God. Um, of course, Jesus. The Bible records many different circumstances, types, and lengths of fast. Joshua fasted 40 days. Daniel did a partial fast, known as the Daniel fast, even to this day, for 21 days. The Daniel fast basically is no meat, bread, or sugar, mainly vegetables and, and fluid. It is recorded the Apostle Paul went on at least two fasts, one for three days and one for 14 days. Peter fasted three days. Jesus fasted 40 days in the wilderness. I could go on and on. These are powerful people mentioned in Scripture, and they all fasted in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Next thing on your notes is this. I think it's the last thing on your notes. Is the three types of fast found in Scripture are known as the absolute fast, the normal fast, and the partial fast. The absolute fast, the normal fast, and the partial fast. What is the absolute fast? The absolute fast is, is basically in itself, it is extreme. And I would advise that it only be done in very short periods of time, and you very make sure that you heard from God. An absolute fast, you take nothing, no food, and no water. I've known people who have fasted beyond what made natural in the sense because in the natural they say you can only live three days without water but i have known people who have fasted four and five days without water and survived let me tell you something these were men who are generals of the faith who had fasted all their lives so you better hear from god but you may go on a one day complete fast no food or water for one day depending on your health it should only be a you know we have faith but we also have a we have a a mind, okay? The Bible says to, uh, he's given us a sound mind. So make sure that if you're going to do that, that you know what you're doing, that you've consulted the people you need to consult. But there's the most common, it's called the normal fast. On a normal fast, you typically go without any food of any kind for a certain number of days, whatever you feel like God has put on you. But you do drink water and you drink plenty of it to sustain your body. But you don't eat food. Depending on the length of the normal fast, you may also to take choose to take clear broth and juices in order to maintain your strength on the normal fast then there is the partial fast the partial fast can be interpreted many ways <laughs> but i put this in my notes just to be funny because it was saying it to me it was funny partial fast can be interpreted many ways but the one way it cannot be interpreted that you are on a partial fast is to say i'm i'm on a partial fast every day for the next 21 days and I'm fasting between 11 p.m. and 6 a.m. Some of you will get that later. 
while you're asleep. Do you understand that you really are fasting? That's why they call breakfast breakfast because breakfast means to break the fast. Have you ever thought about that? Every, that's why it's called that. Every night your body fasts when you are sleeping. And let me tell you something. In the natural, for those again that also understands the struggles with weight, is it not amazing that one of the main thing, one of the main times that we like to eat is right before we go to bed? Because the body knows I'm not going to get to eat for six to eight hours. So I'm going to shove as much as I can in there so the calories can still continue to, to f- fill up in this body while they're sleeping. Are you hearing me? A partial fast uh, usually involves a particular foods or drink for an extended period of time. Uh, but nowadays there's other kind of fasts. And I mean this, I want you to really hear my heart on this. Some people in this house, it's more important for you to fast this than it is is food. Because you're feeding yourself more with this than you are with any drive-thru. So, I truly believe there are people in this house, the hardest thing you've ever done in your life is not going to be to fast food is that God is going to put on your heart to not get on Facebook, Instagram, social media at all on this phone whatsoever for 21 days. If, if, because you can't imagine it. You can't imagine, imagine not watching a video, not posting something, not reading what somebody had posted for 21 days. Now, I know you may have to have it for communication and for work, but already you're sitting there and it, God is revealing to you right now just how much of an addiction you have because you are like, I don't think he's talking to me. <laughs> First thing that comes out of the mouth of an alcoholic or someone who's addicted to anything is I can quit anytime I want. I don't have a problem. The first sign of any kind of deliverance is you got to first admit that you got a problem. Amen. That's why, you know, I'm not, I'm not a proponent of you spending the rest of your life saying that you're addicted, but I do understand why they, they say that in Alcoholics Anonymous and all the, the different A groups is they say, you know, hello, my name is Larry Rag and I'm an alcoholic. I understand why they say that. I'm in a constant battle. But one of the main reasons they do that is that you are confessing and identifying that you have an issue that, that's bigger than what you can do on your own. So I'm, I'm saying this morning when I was praying over this, that some people are going to go on a social media fast. Some people are going to turn their TV off for 21 days, not watch TV at all for 21 days. Some of you say, well, I don't got no problem. I don't watch TV anymore. Well, yeah, you are. This is your TV. Okay, same thing. Bottom line, whatever you decide to fast, whatever kind of fast you want to go on, there are some people I know in my heart are going to go on a 21-day Daniel fast. For the next 21 days, you're going to abstain from bread, from sugar, from starches, and from meat. It's going to be one of the hardest things you ever did. For 21 days, you're fasting towards Easter. That we will see not the greatest crowd we've ever seen, but the greatest number of salvation harvest that we've ever seen on an Easter Sunday morning.